Hey, everybody, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen into our Hillco Global Smarter Perspective podcasts. As return listeners know, I'm your host, Steve Katz. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we're glad you could tune in. Today, we're going to be talking about strategic sourcing for purchasing organizations, and we'll dive into best practices for its implementation. And with us for that discussion is Steve Savoy from Hillco Performance Solutions. Steve is associate director for the company, and he's very well-versed and equipped to guide us through the nuances of how best-in-class purchasing organizations are, among other things, using strategic sourcing to drive strategic value. So, Steve, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here. Well, we're glad to have you on, and uh, you know, let's dive right into it. Um, if you could provide just a little bit of background on what strategic sourcing is specifically for those who don't know um, and maybe how it evolved and how it's generally used today. That'd be great. Great start for us. Yeah. Great question. Uh, as we start this conversation on strategic sourcing, um, let's take a step back and talk about just in the context of our overall performance improvement services. Um, strategic sourcing is one of three kind of lead services that we provide to uh, rapidly give value to our clients. Uh, the other two are kind of lean manufacturing, and uh, this is a great project, especially in situations where clients have high scrap rates or lots of overtime. And the other is standard costing, um, where we provide some value and transparency on product and customer profitability. So I want to kind of provide that context, and now um, let's talk about strategic sourcing. Great. Yep. So procurement has evolved a lot over the, over time, um, not going back into ancient, ancient history, um, but generally procurement is focused on buying goods and services for the lowest possible price. And in the kind of mid 20th century, so I think kind of the 80s, 70s, 80s, um, procurement functions started moving from just purely transactional, which is, hey, here's the purchase order, go buy some stuff um, and make sure all the paperwork gets done to being more strategic and being a better partner with the manufacturing operations and with the product development team. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, yep. And as businesses grew and competition increased, um, procurement became increasingly complicated as a function um, as they aligned to that strategic work and were part of the overall uh, you know, competitive plan to be um, best in class for whatever the industry is. So in the mid 80s, um, early 90s, in particular, there are some consulting practices that kind of codified a lot of this right out of the big fortune 10 companies, let's say, and tried to move this into a lot of other factors. And one of the things they looked at was price not being the only thing that impacts uh, the quality of a, of a product or service. Um, and looking at kind of the whole cost of that transaction. So quality, reliability, innovation, uh, those kinds of things started to become factors in um, doing stuff. And by the 2000s, kind of most kind of big fortune companies were, were doing this and it was starting to kind of ease its way into the middle market um, where we provide most of our support. Okay, so that's uh, that's good background. Thanks, thanks for that. I think uh, just for those who may not be as familiar, that's a good starting point. And so, you know, traditionally, as as you look at strategic sourcing, what's what's been the reason for 
that sort of disparity you referenced between the large companies and the smaller middle market firms in terms of adoption? Yeah, another great, that's a really great question and something we work with our clients a lot on. Um, a lot of it is, is data, right? So the big companies have, you know, very expensive ERP systems that record transactions and record a lot of data. And so um, as data analytics became available, they started looking at that data and making decisions and helping use that information to guide kind of their purchasing choices and things that they do. Also, these big companies have a lot of market power, right? When you are, you know, Ford Motor Company and you're buying stamping, um, you know, there's a lot of people very interested in being your supplier. When you are a more middle market sized company and you're buying chemicals from Dow Chemical, um, you know, there's not a lot of leverage and negotiating power, you know, that you have with them. And so the tactics and strategies look a lot different, you know, in those areas. And so even folks that come from, you know, very large purchasing organizations with very good um, practices and processes uh, are a little surprised when they find themselves a bit further down the food chain, you know, trying to kind of implement some of those tactics. Um, you know, and of course, as the cloud computing and a lot of other things have changed, you know, more data is more accessible to the middle market companies that we work with. But still, one of the things that's missing is just the, the knowledge, we'll kind of broadly say, and not trying to be, you know, dismissive of anything. But, you know, when you are part of GE in purchasing, you go through a lot of training to be a GE purchasing manager. Um and it's hard for other for middle market companies, just broadly speaking, again, and there are a few companies, obviously, that are exceptions to the rule. Um, but to kind of dedicate that same amount of time and energy to training kind of their team. And so what we like to do in Hilco Performance Solutions and part of our work processes in general is we work with people and teach them how to do this work, right? So one of the things that we're trying to do with our strategic sourcing practice is teaching our clients how to be more effective, how to be more intentional and purposeful kind of in their sourcing activities to understand the marketplaces that they're buying from and to understand where are their leverage points and how can they kind of get the most value uh, for their spend. Um, so those are kind of the things that we like to focus on uh, in our practice. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and I would imagine you know, particularly based on some of the things you just talked about, that when we look at various companies, both large and small, they're utilizing procurement at quite different levels. You know, when you talked about sophistication and resources and training, I guess what I'm wondering is, can uh, strategic sourcing really benefit an organization regardless of how deeply it has permeated that organization? Yeah, the, the short answer is, is yeah. You know, we use uh, something called the procurement maturity model uh, to help organizations kind of assess where they are as far as their capabilities, and then to kind of put them on a path to growing capabilities. And, you know, so I'll kind of outline that really quickly, you know, in terms of the, the, the stages in the model, and then we'll kind of circle back and talk about, you know, how, at what point does it become helpful and not helpful to different size companies? You know, so the, the, the least structured is a very informal um, purchasing just purely as a transaction bill. You know, the plant manager calls someone up and says, hey, order six more, you know, widgety things. And the person gets on the phone call and just kind of orders them and they come into the facility and they are often running 
you know, it's not, it's just, that was a transaction. They bought it for market price. Um, you know, typically it's kind of a full book value, so to speak. And, you know, kind of off they go doing their thing and they don't really have a, a plan for procurement and purchasing. You know, the next step up from that is where companies are more intentional, right? So they have key suppliers they work with. They know what they're working. They would know, particularly they know for their main things. So if you're a stamping company, you understand your steel purchase, but maybe not other kind of supporting purchases, whether it's the IT stuff that you use or um, the indirect materials that you're buying to support the production line. Um, they are typically allow each facility to have their own purchasing um, processes and their own purchasing suppliers. They're not trying to um, leverage spend, you know, kind of a, the whole organization. Each plant has their own autonomy in their purchasing. And then the next step is when companies start to think about things from a commodity perspective. So now they think about their steel buying and a metal spend. And what are we buying holistically across the enterprise? Are there ways we can standardize um, alloys that we use? Are there ways we can standardize some of the chemicals and ingredients that we're using in our processes? Um, are we looking at these things in a global perspective? Do we know, are we buying just from a local vendor because it's convenient for us, but we're paying 30% more, or have we looked, you know, overseas or even just, you know, in other for other vendors who may have lower pricing, and we have to factor in, you know, the shipping costs and other things to assess. You know, are we getting a good deal? Kind of at this stage of kind of the company's kind of the commodity management, you're doing commodity reviews where you're looking at how much are we spending, you're looking at data, how much are we um, do we expect these commodities to change in the next upcoming three years? And then the, the final stage would be what we would call kind of a world-class purchasing organization, which incorporates all the things that we've talked about already. But this purchasing organization now is deeply tied into the supply chain. Um, they're tied into the, the product development side of stuff. They're with manufacturing teams. Um, they are highly sophisticated in how they purchase everything you know that they do. Um, they're in consortiums and, and, and purchasing groups, you know, where they're combining their spend with uh, competitors, maybe even, or just other people near their industry to reduce their overall costs or maybe some non-strategic purchasing and non-strategic sourcing things. And as we talk to clients about this, Steve, you know, we, not everyone needs to be world-class in this, right? So we're not trying to just squeeze everyone into a particular uh, pattern of spending or particular capabilities, but we do want everyone to kind of be what's right for their organization and for them to be as efficient um, in their procurement. They're not wasting money and wasting resources um, within their team. And so that's kind of how we use the maturity model to help companies um, not only assess their current capabilities and, and, and see where there's some gaps, um, but also to set a goal for them to kind of aspire and, and move towards. Yes, so that makes a lot of, a lot of sense, and I think if I'm digesting what you're saying correctly, you got you have different companies at different stages of this maturity model. So, are there steps, regardless of where a company falls in their adoption of strategic sourcing, that any company that, that's utilizing it uh, should be undertaking to identify the best suppliers for its needs? Yeah, great question. 
when we've talked to companies just broadly, you know, there are a couple of things or a few things that all companies can do and assess in their own capabilities just to move to that next level of performance. You know, the first step, of course, is, you know, what is are the, what are the needs of the organization from the procurement team? You know, what are the requirements of goods and services? What are the specifications, quantities that they need of all these different um, commodities and, and items that they purchase? And the second thing that we see a lot of companies not do a really good job of that would definitely help all of them is, is do some market research. You know, start just even with Google, looking at other companies that provide these things and kind of initiating a conversation with those companies. Um, you know, we've had a lot of companies that are very surprised with um, what they find, even just Googling as far as capabilities and things. And the, the last thing I guess I'll say in this broad kind of overview stuff is talk with your existing suppliers and make sure you're understanding, you know, what their needs are and just have open questions with them. You know, I'll, I'll tell a, a quick story here. You know, I had a client, uh, they were a consumer goods kind of distributor and manufacturer, um, and they had a vendor in Asia who they worked with for years and years, uh, but they always made their purchases with a spot buy. So they would come in and say, hey, send me a hundred of these or send me, you know, 10,000 of those other things. Um, but they'd work with the supplier for years and they had no intention of changing that suppliers um, to a new supplier. They just always liked him. He did a good job, provided timely and high quality product. And in that industry, it was very common to do spot buys. And so if they had brought someone who had worked in that industry for years and years, they would have said that their procurement was best in class because that's what everyone did kind of in their industry. Uh, but we came in and kind of talked to them about some of their vendors, this vendor and others. And we said, why don't you put them on a long-term contract, right? And just see how that conversation goes. Like, well, it's just not how things are done. And I said, just ask him the question and see what he says. Right. And so they, so they had that, they asked them, they said, hey, what do you think about this? We've worked with you. We're not really trying to, you know, source these things other places. Would you find, you know, value in having a long-term agreement with us? And his answer was, absolutely. He said, in fact, I can give you a 15% discount on everything. If you can give me a five-year contract, you know, you don't have to guarantee volume, but just, you know, a, a letter that says, I'm your source for these things for the next five years. And they were like, really? And then he explained, because they had this great relationship over years, he was, they were able to have an, a conversation. And he said, that contract will allow me to go to a bank and get financing, and it will allow me to expand my business you know, not only our capabilities to supply things for you, but also allow us to buy, cap, you know, capital expenditures, CapEx, that will help me grow into other customers as well. So, you know, that was a conversation that we, they would have never had if they were only listening to people who are experts in that industry. Um, but it provided not only value to them in terms of very immediate cost reductions, um, but it also provided value to their vendor and, and made a stronger partner for them. Okay, Steve. So that is a great example, you know, giving those types of uh, real world experiences uh, a chance to live, live and breathe and be digested by the audience is, is I love that. It's fantastic. It really, really helps drive it home. So thanks for that. Uh, and then, you know, I'm thinking it would be beneficial for our listeners to better understand the role that you and your team are able to play in assisting companies to implement or advance their strategic sourcing 
efforts, you know, utilizing some of those best practices uh, and other uh, the other many nuances that I'm sure you and, the, and your team bring to the table. So could you provide some of that context here? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we work with companies on their strategic sourcing plans and how to do that with them. You know, we talk about it in a couple of different dimensions. You know, let's start at the top. You know, first is we want to understand what is the strategy of the procurement organization? What is, what is that team charter to do? What is their, what are they being asked to accomplish, you know, by the organization and, and by leadership? So that's kind of the first step of stuff. And then the next thing is kind of the big data part of things, right? Where we kind of dive into their data. How much have you been spending on each of your vendors, each of the commodities, regionally, where are you spending? Um, what are your shipping costs for kind of your inbound materials? What does that look like? Uh, we talk with cross-functional teams. We want to understand, you know, do we have a thousand different fasteners because we need a thousand different fasteners or do we have them just because they're just kind of lingering in the system and, you know, people just kind of pick whatever they want. But product, the product teams only have a favorite force of fasteners, for example. And then we put together a plan and this is where we introduce category management. You know, we're identifying suppliers outside of kind of the traditional suppliers, you know, that the company uses to see if they would possibly be a good fit. Um, and then we're going to get into kind of the actual sourcing steps, right? So the steps of request for information uh, from vendors, particularly new vendors, just to make sure we're on a level playing field. We'll ask for a quote from the key vendors that we want to kind of work with. We'll evaluate the proposal. Um, across multiple factors, not only price, but their quality reputation, their online delivery capabilities, and just their broader capabilities, you know, in terms of what machinery and equipment do they have? Are they able to be a partner with us beyond just one product? Can they be a partner with us across several of our sourcing needs? Um, and then finally, of course, negotiating and then, um, you know, onboarding new vendors if required and onboarding new products as required. And then the final step that we leave our clients with is these are some things you can do to kind of continuously monitor and improve kind of that process, improve those vendor relationships so that they're eager to work with you and, and you're getting the most attention that you can from them. All right, Steve. Well, that was a great overview. Uh, if listeners have questions or want to discuss their specific situations in regard to procurement efforts and strategic sourcing challenges or interest, how should they go about getting in touch with you? Yeah, great to join you today, Steve, and a pleasure to talk about uh, strategic sourcing as well. Happy to assist anyone who has questions. The best way to reach me is via email, which is savoy at hilcoglobal.com. And also people should feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn um, or reach out through the Hilco Global website. I look forward to talking with people. All right, perfect. And listeners, as always, we hope that this Smarter Perspective podcast provided you with at least one key takeaway that you can put to good use in your business or share with a colleague or client to help make them that much more successful moving forward as well. And remember that you can check out more great podcasts and articles featuring timely insights from Hilco experts at hilcoglobal.com forward slash smarter dash perspectives. Until next time, for Hilco Global, I'm Steve Katz.